Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your co-hosts. You can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at Hokiesmash underscore ASD. I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as we get a word from our sponsor. Awesome! Glad to be back with one of the greatest guests we're ever going to have on this show. And he was one of our very first guests. But let me talk about our sponsor first. This podcast is sponsored by Main Street Pharmacy in Blacksburg, Virginia, at 301 South Main Street, Suite 107, Blacksburg, Virginia, 24060. You can follow Main Street Pharmacy on Twitter at at Main Street Farm. That's at M-A-I-N-S-T-R-E-E-T-P-H-A-R-M. And welcome back to this week in the ACC. This is the podcast of allsportsdiscussion.com. This is the longest-running independent ACC podcast in the country. And holy smokes, do we have an awesome guest back here tonight. We have a special guest on the show in Zach Evans. UNC alumnus, Princeton, North Carolina native, North Carolina native. I just said North Carolina native. I'm thinking of North Dakota, right? That's my Norwegian background. Uh, He is the Racing America Director of Content. And so, Zach, of course, I'm from North Dakota, and I'm 100% more familiar with ice hockey than I am with racing. But my understanding is that there's a lot of race car drivers that kind of serve their apprenticeship on certain types of racing that you report on before moving up to NASCAR. So I want you, Zach, first to tell us about yourself, because let me tell you, you were on here when you were a young, you know, multimedia sort of reporter, mass uh, new electronic media, new media, however you want to say it, at UNC. And now... at, at the time, what what was new media then is probably like middle aged media now. Let's be <laughs> honest. Um, I was using like mini DV tapes to shoot video of of stuff around campus, and if I showed a mini DV tape to to one of these kids coming out of college now, they'd be like, "Wait, you don't just put it on an SD card?" So, but yes, um, back in the day, that was that was my thing, and now. I'm with Racing America, which um, formerly Speed 51, rebranded here in the past year, probably since the last time I spoke with you, actually, uh, Matt. And uh, like you say, we cover short track racing where a lot of guys uh, cut their teeth and come up the racing ladder. And unfortunately, another one of those things that makes me feel old is turning on the TV on Friday or Saturday or Sunday and watching the NASCAR race and seeing how many of the people I covered when they were about six inches shorter and driving slower cars, but now they're, they're big time. You are the man. And so, Hey, I mean, just give us a brief background. Hey, but what did you do at UNC when you were a student? To, uh, you were part of the da- daily Tower Hill, right? Correct. I was on the, well, the multimedia desk at the daily Tar Heel at the time. So that was like a, a lot of uh, video journalism, usually a video to accompany written pieces. You know, they put a little thing in the newspaper like, hey, check it out on dailytarheel.com or whatever. And, and of course, for where that tied into sports was sometimes I would get to shoot footage for highlights of uh, sporting events. Um, and then, of course, I just on my own personal Twitter, tweeted a lot more than I do now about the sports as well. So that that's how we ended up meeting each other, so to speak. And you've been torturing your audience for probably the better, if not, no, probably more than a decade at this point with my dulcet tones, and I appreciate it. It's been freaking awesome, and it's been our pleasure, Zach, to have you on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead serious. We love having you come on the show. You have become one of the more moderately, I would say, more moderately fo- followed Tar Heel alums and fans on Twitter, and and you have a not, lot of knowledge about Twitter. And so, right as we get to it, Zach, 
I mean, I want to, I want you to talk about some good things here, right? And some good things to me means that boy, what a hell of an NCAA tournament for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Give it, give give us your thoughts on that, on the run in March Madness, man. So there was this moment, right, where I'm we're getting ready for the Final Four, and of course that means we pass April first. And I don't know how well you remember this, but Roy Williams retired on April 1st, 2021. Because when it first came, like, I, w- I remember I was driving to uh, Charlotte Douglas Airport to pick up a coworker who had flown in, actually. And, and I hear it on the sports radio down here in Charlotte, WFNZ. And they're like, We're, we, we know what the date is. We're pretty sure this is an April Fool's joke. We can't rule it out yet. But according to their Twitter account, you know, this they're doing a press conference and everything so i we this i think this is actually legit and then you go through the hire and all of that you know hubert davis uh, then you go through the start of the season all right if you had asked any unc fan in january we're gonna we're gonna get out of the first week end of the ncaa tournament forget the second week the first weekend and I think most rational UNC fans would have been like, we're going to make the tournament? Cool. That sounds pretty great, especially after that loss to Pitt. My gosh. Um, so to turn it around, reach the reach the national championship game, take Kansas to the wire, and oh, by the way, get a couple of wins against Coach K on his way out the door pretty good year i mean it was a hell of a year and and so here's what i'll ask you i mean because i felt for a while you know as i do zach i go in and check on where we we have this perch of all acc world and all sports discussion so i'm not only checking on in run virginia tech i'm kind of checking in on everybody because we blog about that on our site for leisure that's the the pleasure that i and i and jeff have for you know for for you know, for all sports discussion over over these last several years is to look in on the entire ACC, and a lot of your UNC fans were kind of having the same sort of hashtags that they had about Roy. I have no idea what hashtags you're talking about. I could never imagine <laughs> UNC fans wanting to fire a head coach after losing more than two ball games. That that doesn't sound like the UNC fan base at all. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, yeah, no, definitely. There were, and you know, I think there were probably. It's hard. Yeah, it, you t- you mentioned hockey in the open, right? So it reminded me a lot of when the Canes hired Rod Brendamore, which also reminded me of when UNC hired Matt Doherty. So it can go complete opposite directions, right? You bring in somebody in the quote-unquote family who knows the organization or the school or whatever the case may be. And I had my skepticisms when we brought it, when the Hurricanes brought in Rob Brandemore, because I was like, okay, but yeah, I get it. The, the, the team loves him, whatever, but how is he going to be any different than what we've already done with Ron Francis and all of this? And now he's arguably the best coach in the NHL. But then you can also have the Matt Doherty experience, right? And that's definitely one way more familiar for UNC fans. So I get it. I get why after the, sluggish start to the season some people were like i don't know man i don't know maybe maybe keeping it in the family wasn't the move but uh my gosh the 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 turnaround for this team in the second half of the season um and and how impressive i mean the growth of the team and how they bought into what Hubert Davis was doing. I I just, it's incredible, but I'm sure if he makes the mistake of losing a a top 25 game to a non-conference team in November next season, there'll still be fans on Twitter trying to fire him. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. I I was, I thought you brought up a good point, Zach. I mean, you know, he clearly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. He clearly has this philosophy of, 
of having, you know, going, you know, inside out and major guard play and, 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 you know, you know, you know, getting your, putting your guys open on the wings. If, if, you know, people surround the inside, surround the inside. I mean, Baycott was just a hell of a player this year. Armando Baycott was just incredible, you know, and I was really, really impressed by him as the season went along and in the, and in the NC and in the NCAA tournament, you know? So I, you know, again, kudos to UNC and that's clearly what they're trying to do with their offensive uh, strategy. Am I correct? Oh, I I think you're absolutely spot on. And I I think that's been an uh, uh, interesting part of this whole deal as well, because uh, Hubert has made no bones about it at times that, Yes, he's learned a lot from his time playing at UNC, playing for Dean Smith, working alongside Roy Williams as an assistant coach. And, he, you know, there are certain things that will always be done the quote-unquote Carolina way, no matter – and I know some people just, like, had a gag reflex hearing me say those words. But there's some things where he kind of beats to his own drum and, and runs this team differently. And I'm sure part of that is, you know, look, the game of basketball or any sport is constantly evolving and you have to keep up with that evolution. Um, And I think that's as, as much fun as it was to uh, escort him out the door. I think anybody has to acknowledge that's part of the, uh, gosh, the, the amount of respect you have to have for Mike Krzyzewski because he coached championship caliber teams through so many different eras of college basketball from the times where only the best of the best would leave after their junior year to the, the, the time where you could go to the the NBA straight out of high school to the one and dones to now we're into NIL and it's all just constantly changing. And Duke has still always been pretty good. So, you know, and I think that's part of it with Hubert is, he has to keep up with the times. So you can't do everything like Roy did, but Hey, you know what? If you did, then you should be fired, even though you're a hall of fame coach anyway. So maybe that's okay. Fair enough, Zach. Good. And that's a very good evaluation. And we appreciate the discussion there on UNC hoops, Jeff, buddy, you're up, man. All right. Thanks, Matthew. All right, Zach. You know, I have one one thought on on North Carolina's run and comparing Hubert Davis to uh, Roy Williams. When when Hubert was in his interviews during that tournament, I thought I was seeing a carbon copy of Roy Williams. I thought they were the same guy because I mean they 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 get very emotional. They're extremely yep. passionate. Mm-hmm. They defer all the credit of what's going on to their to their players. And if if you would have, you know put Roy Williams voice on there I, I would have thought it was the the same coach and you know maybe the basketball styles are, are slightly different but I think from a, a personality standpoint they're they're very similar and, and that that's works at North Carolina I, I 100% agree all right let's turn our attention Zach now to to football do we uh, have to well, <laughs> I guess I'm we could made the whole we could made the whole talk, the podcast talking about North Carolina's a tremendous NCAA tournament run, coming back already preseason on the way too early uh, preseason polls already with the top ten basketball team. But uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna look at basketball football here a little bit. Uh, Zach, what are some of the major strengths coming back next year for North Carolina? You know, that's actually a great question. Normally, when we when we do this football preseason, there's I feel pretty strongly that, okay, this is the strength of UNC this year. And I don't it's not that I necessarily I don't think they're a bad team. Don't get me wrong, but it's hard to look at one particular I mean. You bring back some solid, I, I guess it would probably be the amount of talent you have on the offensive side, even though, gosh, there's a lot of question marks too, right? Um, you've got, I mean, solid running back core, uh, definitely, uh, you know, uh, the skill positions, you're in pretty good shape. 
even quarterback, I feel like both of the options that are battling for the quarterback position pretty good, but we just don't know who it's actually going to be that gets the majority of the snaps. And I, I even say majority of the snaps because I don't think we can even rule out it'll be a two quarterback situation this year at UNC. Um, so I, I guess it's the offense, but at the same time, I can't sit here and tell you, oh, well, definitely it's it's going, you know, we're going to pick up right where we left off losing Sam Howell. I don't feel that strongly about it. But you've still got, you know, uh, got, you know, Josh Downs and, and the running backs. And I feel like two pretty good quarterbacks currently fighting for the spot. It's, I just, who's going to actually lead this offense remains to be seen. All right. Having Josh Downs back there, uh, you know, that he, Josh Downs is a quarterback's best friend, so that that's definitely going to help in that QB transition. Now, let's go on the flip side here. What are some of the major weaknesses for the Tar Heels? Uh, in other words, what do you think North Carolina will be working on before the first game? You know, what are the questions that you think have to be resolved? Uh, I think the first one that comes to mind, of course, is Excuse me, the the defense, which admittedly, you know, we're you're looking at. Okay, they brought back uh, Gene Chizik. How will that help? Um, when he took over the defensive coordinator position, however many years ago at this point, before he went to ESPN, he took a pretty terrible defense and at least was putting it on the right track, and then he left. So is that going to be the case again? It's definitely a very similar situation. Um, that's definitely got to be uh, uh, what improves this season because we saw just too many games last year where Sam Howell was having to play arena football, right? Where you've got to score because the other team's going to score. All right. Um who, who are some of the new recruits or players in the transfer portal that have impressed you uh, the most? Um, you know, are there any that you think will get some major playing time right away? Uh, I think the one that probably jumps out the most this year is, is Travis Shaw, right? I mean, you're taught your uh, dude is a five-star consensus top arguably top 25 in the nation recruit coming in on the defensive line and impact position. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, improving a defense, there's being able to, to get to the quarterback or disrupt the offense from that defensive line is so important at any level of football. So if he can come in and, and have the impact that you kind of expect from somebody ranked as the best prospect in in the state of north carolina a five-star prospect a top 25 nationally ranked prospect that would be huge and certainly there will be opportunities there for him to do that so that's probably the big one uh certainly there there are some others that come to mind somebody like a, a zach rice on the offensive line or or you know uh, you know just there, there's a couple but Man, Travis Shaw, probably one of the biggest name recruits that UNC has been able to land in a while at a position where it's we need that kind of impact from a player of five-star caliber. Uh, Zach, do you think North Carolina will be better than last year? Why or why not? And then we're going to play – you know, our win game, lose game, where we go through uh, the North Carolina schedule and get your really quick uh, thoughts on each game. This is tricky, right? Because I think from a talent standpoint, um, it's going to be hard to be better than last year, at least offensively. Um, but at the same time, uh, last year, UNC was a six and seven football team. So you certainly hope for a better record this season, right? And we'll go through that with, with the, uh, the win game, lose game 
here in a little bit and we'll see where we land. But I don't know if they're necessarily, if you were to put this year's UNC team against last year's UNC team, I don't think this year's team would win. I might be wrong. Well, it, again, it comes back to which quarterback probably ends up winning the job and or if they can, you know, lead this offense and maybe getting a little bit of improvement out of that defense. But I I don't know. I, I'm curious. I mean, I'd be curious to hear y'all's thoughts from the outside. Am I being too critical of this year's UNC team when I say that? I'm, I mean, I think, you know, Mac Brown has recruited well. Um, when we look at, you know, I'm looking at the schedule here, and it's it's not an easy schedule, but it's not one that's like overwhelming either. Right. Uh, so I think, I, you know, it, it just all depends on if if the team can can come together. I think there's enough there's enough talent there. Um, you know, if the defense is better that you already talked about, um, I mean, they have a chance to be. Uh, an eight, nine, maybe even 10 win uh, type team. Right. It's, it's just that, you know, last year they, they underperformed so much, especially on the defensive side of the ball. A hundred percent. That if, you know, if they, if they just get some marginal improvement on defense, they're still, you know, there's not Sam Howell there, but there's still a lot of offensive talent. Um, you know, I don't know. North Carolina is going to be one of those teams I think is going to be the toughest to peg this year. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there, at least for me, where it's like, I feel like this might be talent-wise like an 8 4 7 and 5 9 3 team, and we'll play the game and see where I actually land up. But, which would be an improvement from last year, but last year's team probably shouldn't have been a 6 and 7 team. Yeah, yeah, they're the... There's no question about it. And they lost a lot of close, you know, they lost some close games. They, they, they were games that you really were surprised that they lost last year. Um, you know, it, it really wasn't, you know, a big difference between six and seven and, and going 10 and three. Um, right. So let's take a look at this, the schedule and, and, and see where you're feeling about, uh, you know, the, the way things look here. And you start out yeah, out yeah. of the gate with yeah, – um, Hold on a second, Jeff. I want to add something uh, on this. Okay. On this before you do the, before you do the schedule here with with Zach, um, I do think that if you put things together, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff and Zach, but UNC is coming in based on their recruiting. They're coming in this year. I think is the most talented team in the coastal. Is that is that a fair statement, Jeff and Zach? I, I don't know about that one. I don't know hmm. about that one, Matthew. I, I think they would be one of well, the more well, okay, talented so, so, well, yeah. teams in the coastal, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure if I'd put them at the top. Well, maybe not before Miami, but 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 right. they're up there. But they're up there. Certainly, at I think they're certainly at number two. I think they have they have to be. I mean, Pitt has a lot of experience. You know, there's still a lot of experience on Pitt's team. But there's a lot of talent, a lot of high-level, high-bar recruited talent on North Carolina's football team. And because you're, there's, there's a situation where a lot of teams in the Coastal have either changed coaches or, you know, whatever. I mean, because there's at least three – there's – what is it? North, there's at least th- – there's, 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 North, there's uh, Virginia – Virginia Tech and Miami have all changed coaches, and that always sometimes affects, you know, affects a situation in terms of in terms of uh, talent on the roster and things like that. That I mean, arguably, I think that North Carolina comes in at either number two or number three in the coastal in terms of ta- in terms of talent, and because because the other teams are undergoing coaching situations, this should put. North Carolina at an advantage over a lot of the other team uh, over a lot of the other teams, but I, I'd be curious on your take on your take here, Zach. I think that's also a really good point is in regards to the coastal. In general, it's just a division in a lot of flux. There, pretty much everybody has some kind of story along the line. Oh, we're we're changing quarterbacks. Well, we're changing coaches. Well, we're changing this. Well, we're changing that because you know. 
in any normal season, the Coastal is always just so predictable. We needed a little bit more spice this year, right? So you add that to how the Coastal already is. In case you didn't know, I was definitely being sarcastic on that last part. <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. <laughs> no and, kidding. And, and so we're just got at this point. It's basically like uh, taking your uh, deck of cards and shuffling them together, and we'll see which one gets uh, drawn off the top of the stack first. It's pretty much how I feel about the coastal. I mean, if I'm being like my friend Beer Control on Twitter, my friend Eric, he'll say like, because everybody has chosen to be trash in the coastal we all have to assume that mantra is that a fair statement uh, zach yeah yeah um uh, which i you know terrible now i know it, no it, it's it's fair it's it, it kind of reminds me of, of you you see the people on on the internet who think raccoons are cute in that sense <laughs> the coastal is very cute like a raccoon this season <laughs> and and I'm probably being over a little overpowering, right? Because uh, with my sarca sarcasm comments, but because Pitt and Miami, I do think have the potential to be pretty to be pretty good. But you know, my you know, I just I say this with a grain of salt because I think North Carolina has a lot of, a lot of talent. It's just in how they execute. A hundred percent. Like I say, we we saw last year. I feel like again, really a ton of talent last year. People were talking about, oh, is this the year for UNC to break through? Uh, they broke through all right. They just broke through the floor instead of the ceiling. So hopefully this year it's not that again. Fair statement. Go ahead, Jeff, buddy. All right. Thanks, Matthew. Okay, Zach, let's take a look at this schedule. And and you open up on August 27th, which I, I like. Uh, it, you know that uh, by starting the season early for North Carolina, and you as we go into schedule, it's going to allow them to have um, a couple of bye weeks, and I think there's uh, a handful of games on the 27th. But you know that that's a game where where North Carolina is going to have a lot of eyeballs on them. You know, not a tremendously great opponent, but people are going to be watching because it's it's the first week, and there's not a lot of other games. You start out the year with Florida A and M. Um, I have that down as a win to start the season. Um, certainly that's one of those games you hope when you put it on the schedule, right? If, if you lose to Florida A&M to start the season, we got some real big problems. Um, so let's hope for our sake, we do indeed beat the Rattlers to start the season. All right. Then after that, um, you head to Appalachian State, and that's one of the that that's a Super Bowl game for for Appalachian State. Just like when an ACC team, when North Carolina, NC State plays East Carolina, that those guys they live to play ACC teams. Oh, a hundred percent. It's going to be in Boone. You know, it's going to be an incredible atmosphere. Um. They're going to really want to to pick up a win against UNC, and spoiler alert, they can. We saw it just two or three years ago. They they, they that App State beat North Carolina, so um, I I think a hundred percent it's a game that could go either way. I'm going to put it down as a win for Carolina, but I mean, if September third rolls around and it's the Mountaineers celebrating. I'm not going to be entirely surprised. All right. Uh, you stay on the road. Uh, this time you go to Atlanta where uh, not, not playing Georgia tech, but playing Georgia state, but uh, not, not such good memories of playing in uh, Atlanta here the last year. Uh, I have great memories of Atlanta because I've only been to one Braves game in Turner Field, which has <laughs> now been converted to Georgia State's football stadium. And uh, the Braves won that night, so I don't know. I, I'm fine. Uh, we're enough. not going to talk about that other that – other... gosh. Now I'm really flashing back to my college days when I think at one point it was – we hadn't beaten Georgia Tech in a long time. Let's put it like that, a long time. But uh, I think uh, in the case of playing Georgia State in Atlanta, um, that, that should be a win, which 
under the hypothetical I'm presenting so far would put us uh, put the heels at a three and zero. Hey, halfway to our from, to our win total from last year. Everything's looking great. Yep, three and zero. Got a bye week, and then you welcome in Notre Dame under a new coach. Well, we, do we have an upset here? Uh, I I I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, obviously, uh, uh, Notre Dame definitely always one of those uh, programs you you know is gonna be tough to beat every year. Uh, maybe not as tough as the national media wants you to think, but still a pretty good team. Um, this will obviously be the toughest test for UNC to this stage of the season. Um, they're kind of, in a, again, we've not, we've said this a lot already, even though Notre Dame's not in the coastal, it's in our, one of those situations where it's hard to really know exactly where they're going to be. Cause like UNC, they're going to be uh, installing a new quarterback this season. But uh, for now, I'm I, I feel comfortable saying Notre Dame will win that game. All right, uh, now you really get into the meat of your ACC schedule. Uh, you're, you're staying in North Carolina and hosting Virginia Tech. Hosting Virginia Tech always better than not hosting Virginia Tech and dealing with the Inter Sandman and and all of that. Uh, anytime you don't have to go to Blacksburg is a good time. Unless there's a hurricane, then you know all bets are off. But <laughs> that's um, I'm going to put that down as a win for Carolina. But uh, I, yeah, um, my, I it's another one of those teams that with uh, with Virginia Tech, there's just a lot of question marks, right? Um, really up and up and down, you know, both sides of the ball. Um, even, uh, even with a coaching change, uh, as well. So it, it's, uh, kind of curious what Virginia Tech will look like this year. Um, obviously by the time October rolls around, we'll have a better idea, but for now I'm going to uh, say UNC wins. Should I game. tell you what you can exact, Zach, right. expect Zach, uh, hit me with it. The, I wouldn't ask anybody else on the offensive side of the ball. Well, first of all, did you know that Virginia Tech hired Wisconsin's offensive line coach? I did not know that. Yes. That could be an issue. (laughs) (laughs) I think that Virginia Tech has at least still still has two pros that can go in the first three rounds of the draft of the NFL on the current offensive line. Uh, Probably. Probably. Uh, it's another one of those deals where, I mean, there's still plenty of talent in this division. It's just kind of, gosh, there, there's also a lot of question marks on really every team. So an offensive line is so important, right? Because it, it's the difference between being able to set a tone for your offense. I mean, even, even if you don't necessarily have the five-star caliber skilled players, if they have root, time to operate, it makes such a difference. Now, I'll be fair. I don't know what – I'm not quite sure what I'm going to get on the defensive side of the ball yet. I do know that there's a lot of pe- – there are quite a few starters that are coming back. But, you know, I think it's fair for you to pick – I think it's fair for you to pick North Carolina in the first year of a coaching change. I think that, And I think I probably would do the same thing. I'm glad we have come to an agreement. <laughs> <laughs> but what I would say, what I would argue is that, uh, I shouldn't say argue, but what I would say is that I would not be surprised at all if Virginia Tech won on the road. Uh, again, with the Coastal, nothing surprise has left the vocabulary. There is no longer surprise, just inconvenience. <laughs> All right, Zach, as you move on through the schedule, after that Virginia Tech game, you go on the road and play at Miami. And you want to talk about inconvenience. That's that that's a, a team that uh, uh, of late, UNC has been inconvenient for Miami. Um, but again, I, I do agree with, with uh, what we discussed before 
heading into the schedule conversation, I feel like they're definitely going to be one of the favorites in the division. Um, uh, playing the game in Miami definitely does not help. Um, again, another team with some changes this year, but uh, if I had to guess at this point, I, I, I don't think Mac Brown makes it four in a row against Miami this year and, and Miami picks up the win, which would put UNC at four and two, if I remember correctly, I think. Yep. Three. Yep. We got yeah, four and two. Uh, you go on the road after Miami to play at Duke. They've got a new coach themselves. Yeah, they do. Talk. I mean, gosh, uh, I think, you know, we, we've joked a lot about things that have been, you know, happened for a long time or changed since I started doing these podcasts with you guys. And David Cluck, Cutcliffe was at Duke a really long time. Uh, <laughs> um, it's going to be weird, honestly. Not as weird as not seeing Coach K on the sideline of Duke basketball games. I mean, the day after we beat them in the Final Four was literally the first time in my lifetime Coach K wasn't the coach at Duke. So that was that was a weird feeling to wake up to. But um, I, I think probably there's just too much this season for, for you know Mike Elko and, and that new – group at duke to overcome they're, they're really gonna have a tough time this season i feel like um and, and so i i think probably outside of the you know some of the non-conference games to start the year i feel like this is the most comfortable one for unc uh certainly in the conference schedule to this point maybe all season and, and i would say unc gets the win all right uh, after that you get a bye week and, you know, then you host the Pitt Panthers. Matthew talked about them. They do return. You know, Kenny Pickett's not back, but they return quite a bit of experience and talent on that team. A hundred percent. This has got to be a tough one, even at home. This has got to be a really tough game. Uh, a lot of talent on that Pitt team. Um, you, you know, coming off of last year, of course, winning the, the, the conference championship. Um, I'm, I have this as a loss, which would put UNC at five and three. Um, so that, that's, uh, yeah, I, I think that's gotta be a really tough game. All right. Uh, then you go on the road, you play at Virginia, Brennan Armstrong back, but new coach there, Tony Elliott. (laughs) Another new coach, right? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, gosh. Um, I this one's in Charlottesville, but uh, I I don't I don't have a great read on Virginia this season, but I don't it's not I I, I also don't get a strong vibe from them as far as what they're gonna be able to bring to the table this season. I'm going to put this down as a win for Carolina, six and three. And yeah, at the good position to be in at this point of the season. Um, Yeah, I'm going to say it's a win for the heels. All right. Uh, You come back, then you go, you know, make the short trip to Winston-Salem and play at Wake Forest. Demon Deacons will likely come into the season as one of the three highest ranked ACC teams coming off an 11 win season. Definitely, and, and probably the most one of the most exciting developments since the last time I I spoke to you guys is I've actually uh, I have a coworker now who is actually a Wake Forest fan, which I think is the first Wake Forest man I've fan I've ever met in person in my life. So um, <laughs> I'm sure he's not going to listen to this, but Mark, if you do listen to this, I'm going to pick your Deacons to win this game. All right, uh, then you come back. And you host a, you know, a Georgia Tech team who does not have a coaching change, much to the disappointment of myself and many <laughs> Georgia Tech fans. <laughs> we'll see what happens with the Yellow Jackets this season. What do you think about that game, Zach? Uh, I, you know what, I'm I'm a giver. 
I'm 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 a giver, Jeff. So what I'll do for you here is I'll say not only will UNC beat Georgia Tech, but let's say UNC pummels Georgia Tech so badly that it becomes apparent that you're right and they're wrong and they need to make a coaching change. Does that does that does that sound good for you? Are you good with that? Yeah, I mean I never I would never ever root you know for one of the teams that I root for to uh to lose a game, but if the end result, you know, comes out with <laughs> Jeff Collins getting fired, it'll it'll soften the blow. <laughs> I mean, especially that point in the season, if you, if if they just get like bollywopped by like forty points, and you know, right before, you know, and I'm sure week twelve they probably play somebody like who they played at the end of the season, probably you know either Georgia, Georgia, play, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. That's gonna go really well for them too. So, um, yeah, I'll see if we can do you a solid. All right. Um. Okay, then you then you come back and you're hosting uh, what I think is going it's going to be a pretty quality NC State team on Friday, that November 25th, and and I you know this this NC State team they're they're kind of getting the hype that North Carolina got last year, and we'll see if they live up to it. But I mean they've got they got Devin Leary coming back. Uh, they might have the best linebacking unit in the entire country. Um, this has a potential to be a very good football team. It does. It does. And unfortunately in the triangle, when you have expectations to be a very good football team, you tend to, to <laughs> find a way to screw that up. And that's not even NC state shot. I mean, look at UNC last year. So, you know, don't, 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 don't come after me. Wolfpack fans. I'm, I'm just, I'm just speaking a, a, a universal truth, but, um, you know, for their sake, I, I hope, you know, it, it uh, works out a little bit better this year. But at the same time, I definitely don't want them to beat us. Um, With that said, I think I am going to put this down as a win for NC State as much as it pains me to do so, which would finish the year at 7-5. and five. Wow, not a whole lot better than 6-7. and seven. What do you know? Ouch. Um. But still, I think if you come out of the season, if you have a respectable showing against teams like NC State or or even Wake Forest, Pitt, uh, get those seven regular season wins. Um, I, gosh, I don't know. How are fans going to react to that? Is that going to be, yay, we improved? Or is it going to be, what's taking Mac Brown so long? I don't know. That's, hmm. I'm having a philosophical debate now. That's when your bowl game becomes, you know, we know that mm. the, the uh, postseason of college, you know, football is a, is a total fiasco now, including the bowl games. But that's when your bowl game is still kind of important because you, you come out with a win, you go eight and five, you know, that kind of renews some hope there. And it doesn't matter how they get there. I mean, if you're playing an opponent and like, you know, 12 of your opponent's teams, players opt out and North Carolina wins, um, you know, it's still going to, you know, salvage something out of the season. So, I, you know, I think if they go seven and five, the bowl game becomes pretty important for Mac. Brown. I, I think that's a very uh, astute observation. I think you're absolutely right, especially like you say, you know, there are going to be players that, that opt out, whether both for UNC in this hypothetical situation, as well as whoever they may draw as an opponent. It's just kind of the reality of college football these days. Um I'm not criticizing it at all. I 100% understand it. And, and I, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you have to look out for number one, right? You have to take care right. of, you know, you have to make the decisions in the best interest of yourself. So for some people that's, you know, supporting the team for that ball game. And for some people that's protecting your investment in yourself. Um, but it, it changes the whole dynamic for pretty much any bowl game. That's not in the playoff. But it, at the same time, those games still matter a ton to fans. And like you say, if, if that bowl game ends up being the difference between an eight and five season and a seven and six season, especially if it's against a team from a major conference, an SEC team or or, or uh, a Big Ten team or or whatever, 
then that becomes a really important game that matters a lot, at least to UNC fans evaluating the team moving forward. Yep. All right. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Matthew now as we got a couple more questions in the podcast. Uh, Matthew, did you have a a thought on uh, Zach's uh, look at the schedule for North Carolina? Oh no, that was just about that was just about that was about Virginia Tech, and we covered we covered that pretty well there. We covered that pretty well. Okay, so, okay, gotcha. So, yeah, let's let's go to that final question, Zach. I mean, because we're kind of here. I mean, you know, last year there there the expectations were pretty high for North Carolina, right? right. I mean, and I I think it's fair to say that North Carolina did not meet those expectations last year, and so. 100% we're kind of in this position to ask you about this, about, about the, and really about the Macker, right? The return of the Mac. Right. Give us the pulse of the North Carolina football program. What are UNC bloggers, fans, alumni, friends of the program? What's everybody thinking right now of North Carolina football? Ah, gosh, I think it's tough. It, it's kind of mixed we, it, you know, I think obviously the recruiting is there. It, but, uh, gosh, I mean, you're talking about a team that should have, a lot of people felt should contend for the Coastal last season. And uh, I don't want to say it was a put up or shut up year, but it definitely wasn't a year you would have expected to go six and seven. Um, and that really puts everything in kind of a precarious position because you know kind of like i mentioned when we wrapped up with the schedule i you know in a lot of cases if you go from six and seven to seven and five well hey that's that's improvement especially if you win that ball game you make it eight and five that's that's your two wins better in a 13 week season 13 game season that's that's pretty good but unc in a lot of people's eyes shouldn't have been in that position. Right. Um, and I wonder how many people would still see in that hypothetical an eight win, seven win season as disappointment, as underachievement. And if that's the case, and it's going to make uh, things very tense, I feel um, it, it, it and maybe it, it's hard to get a read on it exactly because obviously a lot of spring game uh, festivities, shall we say, I feel like are still just a little bit overshadowed by UNC surprise March Madness run and maybe even some of the other spring sports ongoing at Carolina. Um, uh, you know, pretty pretty good baseball team, of course. Um, not having maybe the, the season they had hoped for in ACC play so far, but, you know, always definitely a lot of support for that and everything else still going on. Um, But God, I don't, it's, it's hard for me to say, but I feel like UNC fans are going to want a little bit more than seven and five, eight and four this season. And I don't know, Again, it goes back to not just the question marks within UNC. You know, maybe you know whether it be uh, Criswell or, or or May, whoever ends up being the quarterback. Maybe they they end up being awesome, right? And certainly, you look at the spring game; they both played really well. And it's entirely possible that you put that together with the tools and the weapons are already there on offense. And lo and behold, you've got a nine and three, ten and two team. And and if that's the case, then all is well in Chapel Hill. But if if that's not the case, or once again, the defense is terrible and every game is a shootout, and then you're very much looking at the possibility of one of those six, seven win seasons. And I don't think that's, that's not what people signed up for when they brought in Mac Brown. Fair enough, my friend. Fair enough. That's a very good evaluation. So, Zach, it's open microphone time. What do you got for us, buddy? Oh gosh. Um. Hmm. You know, I I don't I I, I have to say I I, I came into to tonight in, in in a 
fairly pleasant mood. I, I don't know that I have a whole lot to rant about um, outside. I mean, I, I guess if I had to rant about anything, not that it relates to anything we've talked about for the past hour, not that it stopped us ever on the open mic segment before. So, of course, you know, I, I mentioned with uh, my job covering short track racing, I was down in Pensacola, Florida this past weekend, which is a lovely place to be. Uh, this time of year for no other reason than it's not freezing cold or as some of our friends to the northern parts of ACC country dealt with this weekend wasn't snowing. What's up with that, guys? It's April. and But that also meant I was driving home from Pensacola yesterday. And man, I could not believe, like I drove like 80 pretty much the whole way and I was getting run over. Like, I don't, like, where are we going? Where, why, where are we going that we have to go 85 or 90? I don't, did, did I move, was I on the Autobahn and missed the memo? Like, what's going on, guys? Fair, fair statement, fair statement. You know where you don't go 85 or 90, though? Atlanta. <laughs> you know where you don't go 85? You know where you don't go 65? Virginia. That the border, yeah, I was gonna say that little border stretch beyond Virginia in North Carolina as I'm mm-hmm. going going down to Durham on 85. Mm-hmm. I don't go 60 there, Zach. Oh, it's no, it's no fun if you're uh, on 81 either. I've I've been I've done. My favorite is especially if you're coming back to North Carolina. So you're going through the mountains or whatever, and people are like riding their brakes to make sure they're not speeding until they cross the state line into North Carolina. And then it's the Daytona 500. (laughs) Fair statement, fair statement. Jeff, my friend, you're up. Jeff, you're up. He might be stuck in traffic. I mentioned Atlanta oh, traffic. There I was. I had myself on mute. Ah, um, there you go. Um, so Zach gave us a great preview of, of North Carolina football. And I'm, I'm going to touch on a, a spring game that I went to this weekend and kind of give a quick thoughts on it. I went to the Clemson spring game this this weekend. And, and you're right, Zach. I don't know what's going on with the weather. It was like 45 out there and freezing. Um, you know, you don't expect that in the, in the south in April. But you know, one thing that became really obvious to me is even though Dabo Sweeney has made uh, DJ Uyangala lay, named him the starting quarterback, I don't think this co- that QB competition is not over. Um, Cade Klubnik, I mean, he looked like a five-star quarterback out there, you know, playing against, you know, all those great defenders on the you know, Clemson Tiger team. I mean, he is a very polished looking quarterback. And I mean, I think DJ, he, he improved. He's worked on his game in the off season and you could see him do some things that, you know, it's only a spring game. You, you, you can't make, you know, sweeping statements. Um, but, you know, it looked like some things that he was doing last year, he was doing them better. And I still thought club Nick looked like the better quarterback. Um, his stats, his his uh, quarterback rating in that game, I think, was something like 118, and and DJ's was like in the low 80s. Um, you know, again, you know, just a spring game, but you know, I think DJ is going to have to do a lot to keep that starting position. You know, maybe he can, you know, because Clemson starts the year with with three pretty much layups, most likely. You know, Georgia Tech. Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, I think they're playing uh, SC State and Louisiana Tech. So, you know, I, I think they can get by without great quarterback play in those early games. And that's going to be DJ's opportunity to, to, to really show, you know, does he have a foothold on that position? Because right after those games, you know, you get into Wake Forest, you play NC State, you two of the other teams in the I'm sorry, not SC State. I made a mistake. That was firm in their playing in the second week and then Louisiana Tech. But, you know, you get into those games with NC State and Wake Forest, and, you know, I don't think if the quarterback play is, is still average uh, like it was most of last year, 
you know, you're going to take a team that has a tremendous defense, you know, might have the most talented overall unit in college football. I know I said uh, NC State, you know, might be the best at linebackers. Well, Clemson's going to be the probably the deepest, most talented defensive line in college football. And that's going to win a lot of games for you. But if Clemson really wants to be, you know, in, in the national uh, championship chase, you know, be a real contender in the playoffs, they're going to need uh, better quarterback play than what they saw last year. Um, so th- I, I think that competition, despite what Dabo says, it, it's not over. Uh, Klubnik is a really talented quarterback and, and DJ is going to have to, he's going to have to be even, he's improved. He's going to have to be even better if he wants to hold that starting job through the entire season. I'm going to give you guys my open mic and I think you'll find this interesting, uh, Jeff and Zach. Uh, I know you guys, I, I know you particular, Zach, and you in particular, Zach and Jeff, I know you both like Justin Mutz from Virginia Tech men's basketball team. I mean, yes, the guy has, solid player. the guy has, is going to have two master's degrees after this year and already has a bachelor's, and has a bachelor's degree. And he just declared for the NBA draft today, but he gave himself the option of returning and did not hire an agent. So there's a possibility, I think, and I think it's better than not, that he comes back to Virginia Tech next year, along with uh, a lot, along with Kivaluma. That means that Virginia Tech will have some guys on the team that are like twenty, probably twenty-four, but that are two two twenty-four-year-olds on that team, with a twenty-three-year-old in Hunter Couture. Uh, I'm curious on what your thoughts are on that, or Zach. Oh gosh. Um, uh, for, for one, I 100%. He's a really good player, and it's definitely interesting that he's left that door open. Uh, Virginia Tech, uh, we playing some really good basketball to end the season. Um, I, I couldn't help but chuckle after hearing all season what a down year it was in the ACC to see uh, two ACC teams in, in the Final Four and a couple of really strong showings in the NCAA tournament. And oh, by the way, Virginia Tech beat both of those Final Four teams by like double digits in the ACC tournament. Like th- those weren't games. Virginia Tech killed them. Played up the gas, yes. Played up the gas in the ACC tournament, right? So, man, uh, obviously Virginia Tech is poised to have a a pretty good team coming back, but if you can get that back, oh my God, uh, they're going to be a problem. I was surprised to hear that, and it was ple- pleasant to hear that. And if you know, because I, I don't think that I don't think that Mutz will get drafted. I mean, I hope he does, but I don't think he'll get drafted. And there's a prospect that I don't think it's necessarily 100 percent that Aluma gets drafted either. And I think he'll probably give himself the option, just like Mutz did. Mutz did, but we'll find out. But I. It's shocking to me to have guys like of that age on that team, along with having a having uh, the recruited class come in. That's going to be pretty. That I think is going to be pretty good. And these guys are like, and you guys know this, Jeff and Zach. I mean, the, the, this would be the additional COVID year that that both those guys, that Mutz and uh, Mutz and uh, Aluma, were to get were to get if they were to come back. And that means that that. <laughs> Chuckling a little, chuckling a little bit here, but I, I guess that means that Mutz can work on his PhD. I, I mean, yeah, I guess uh, that could, you know, it never hurts to 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 further that education. It's pretty impressive, actually. I mean, I mean, I was like, he was the scholar athlete of the year in the right. ACC. And I and I, I was shocked when I when I heard how many when I when I heard that he was working on his second master's degree and it will probably be done by the end of the year and I'm like oh what did I do when I was 23 or 24 years old you know yeah I mean I kind of ch- I chuckle a chuckle about that a little bit but these guys are just so they work so hard when they're there and it's re- it's really impressive so uh, Zach. 
man, thank you for coming on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. We loved having you come on this show. You've been a great supporter of ours throughout the year, throughout the years. And we would love to have you come back on the show again sometime, man. Well, I appreciate it as always. Um, uh, definitely, I'm I'm sure this time around this time next year we'll be back in touch again, and uh, we'll uh, make it happen. Maybe sooner, man. Maybe sooner. Take care, buddy. Uh, you too. All right, bye, guys. <laughs>